what we do here is go back, 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 back. Hi guys, and welcome to another edition of the Burn Media Podcast, weekly roundup podcast, here with you every week, rounding up the biggest news in tech and social media. Oh, Daniel's just putting down his glasses. I'm sorry, I have to narrate the background noise. Running up my sleeve. Now I have to do my intro again. No, I'm just kidding. That was us. That was good. Um, yeah, and joining me, obviously, Daniel Mpala and Julia Brakey. Hello. Hey, uh, Hadley Simons is somewhere over the African continent at the moment. Uh, he's heading off to MWC. So, yeah. Uh, Barcelona. Stephen is still somewhere in South Chile. America. It's Chile. Chile. Okay. <laughs> but we still got a bumper week nonetheless. Uh, shall we start off with the, with the big Olympic, winter Olympic news? Um, yes. It's got nothing to do with curling. It's got nothing to do with ice. Oh, well, there are, there's, there's news everywhere. The yes. curling guy could be doping from Russia, which could screw up Russia's plans. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we're here to talk about the wonderful duo Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. Mm. They have been skating. There are ice dances, which is like... Um, if you watch, if you don't know anything about figure skating, and but you've seen like a figure skating movie, you know when they do the big jumps and turns in the air, that's not ice dancing. Ice dancing is like oh. ballroom dancing on the ice. So they're not actually allowed to do like big lifts above the head. They okay. have to be um, on the shoulders and they like a lot of it has on to do with- On the shoulders you say, isn't that dangerous? Um, everything in figure skating is dangerous. Everything uh, in the Winter Olympics even is actually <laughs> There was, um, like one, a pair of ice dancers in the free skate that fell, like when they were just doing normal spins on the ground. And I was, even then, I was like, if you just fall and your leg kicks out to the side, you can cut your partner. Um, I, yeah, I remember watching, uh, was it Blades of Glory or something? Will Ferrell and someone got their head cut off. Okay, no, it's I'm not, not exactly that. But anyway, so Tessa Virtue and Scott Moy are Canadians who have been dominating fig oh, ice dancing for a very, very long time. Mm. Um, they've been together since 97 when they were like seven and nine. And they have not like have been partnering since. They've won, I think they've won the most medals at in the Olympics out of any ice dancer in history. Uh, they won two this in this Olympics for the team event and for their own event, and they've won in 2010 and in 2014 they got silver. So they they've done a lot, but the reason that they have such a cult following, or like when I say cult following, they do have a very like avid group of fans. But every four years the internet just goes wild for them mm. because of the Olympics, and then they come back and we're like, oh yeah, they still exist, um, because they are like. Are adamant that they are not a couple but their dances are very very romantic very sensual and often very sexy as an example of this they have a lift in their routine um, which they actually did at the olympics they said they were not going to put it in their plans but they added it in afterwards called it's been dubbed the kind of liftus <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the amount of sex that they put into their performances and it's very just it's beautiful it is very very passionate and every four years, people just go wild for them, and the memes keep popping up, and then people like start debating: Does it even matter if they're together? And like, of course it, it does. Of course it matters, but also I Come saw on. this. Wait, do the, the rules allow for it? Like, can yeah, you? Yeah, no. There's oh. married couples on the ice. Oh, okay. There's siblings on the ice. You can be any relation that you want to be, really. Cool. So there's no reason for them to keep it a secret either. So like, I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that they're not a couple because like. There's no reason to hide it. There's, well, there's no like Olympics reason to hide it, mm. I guess. 
or competition reason. Could but they be um, wary of the media attention that would bring? I mean, well, you would think that yeah. they had their own reality show. What? <laughs> they okay. had a reality show for a season <laughs> called Tessa and Scott, and they um, in it they actually got a ballroom dancing expert, like some really tough guy in the field. I'm sorry, I I watch the Olympics every four years, so I don't know these names, but um, he came in and taught them how to touch. They had a touching lesson where he was like, okay, Scott, you need to touch her as seductively as possible. Like just run your hand down her body and you need to test and need to look as pleased as you can by the contact. So they have been practicing how to look like as in tune and in love and as sexually compatible as they can, like from a very, like from the get go. Cause they know also it brings in this attention. Now everyone online is talking about them because it's all, are they, aren't they? And they know that. And no, I think does. from what you're saying, it sounds a bit like strategy on their part. I mean, of course, um, they're fucking with you and of they're course. going to do their routine on the ice. And all this time you're just like, are they, are they not? And but probably it, that's what wins them. It, it <laughs> does also, but it also like helps with judges because in ice dancing you get points for technical and then you get points for performance. And that will include everything from connection to yeah. if you're telling a story, just how it feels. So you get points for like the performance itself and their relationship and their like sexual energy mm. definitely, definitely helps them. I mean, granted they're phenomenal skaters and they are the best at what they do, mm -hmm. but like their their connection definitely helps so that's my favorite meme from this whole thing was an exploding brain meme that went like okay from the beginning like they're having sex to um oh it doesn't matter if they're having sex they're just friends they're selling sex to you and then oh can they even get more intimate than they are on the ice because sex is always a performance and like and all this <laughs> really stuff and the end one was just they're having sex yeah that, and that was the biggest meme yeah and twitter was oh, biggest brain meme Twitter couldn't stop talking about these guys the day they won the gold medal as well. Um, I think they were the third or second biggest trending topic at the time. Yeah, this also, week. Oh, also because they're retiring. So they've retired before and then come back, so we're not really sure if they're retired or not, but they so are- So they're just playing us. Right they're 28 now. and 30, which is nearing the end of figure skating. They probably could push it another Olympics if they wanted to, but I think they kind of want to go out with like on a high. So I don't. I would say they're not going to come back, but they could. And but their retirement is also what has been bringing them so much attention now mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually had no idea there was something called ice dancing either. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I mean, how how long do we see a show like strictly come ice dancing? Because that mm. would be dope. <laughs> it would be beautiful. I think it's just so dangerous though. And mm. like. I mean, so is ballroom dancing. Remember when someone in Strictly, was it Tamara Day? She snapped. She broke her leg Yeah, she broke her, her knee, like popped out oh, oh, yes, on Strictly. Yeah. Ooh, that is a phone. <laughs> right, so uh, if you guys want to learn more about ice dancing, uh, Tessa Virtue, Scott Moyer, or, you know, the internet's fascination with the two of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, and a host of videos of uh, Julia trying to prove that these two are actually in love. <laughs> she does a good job. They um, are. They, they love each other very much. Whether they're in love mm. is another question. This I don't know how to tell. Point. But they do a lot of things like people follow every movement because um, at the Olympics for figure skating, at least you each, they go in groups of like five and they um, have 15 minutes to warm up on the ice together. And people will watch them the entire time and they will pick up on cues of when, when they're not dancing and they will like, check their body language if they're even just in the stand supporting another canadian figure skater they will watch them intently like they are every moment is scrutinized no, i don't blame them for not coming out um it, it sounds as if they're under so much scrutiny as it is i feel like if they said that there were a couple though people mm. would start caring less because it's the mystery that keeps people coming back mm. 
there's a there's a married couple like in the US that nobody really cares about because like yeah they're married all right now what <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I love how much we care about this as well I care very <laughs> much but yeah you guys should totally check out the article uh, you know maybe budget about 20 minutes for this because you are in going to end up in some kind of Wikipedia <laughs> loophole uh, where you just or you know, YouTube you're just watching every performance of this because they started so young that there's so many videos online yeah definitely so go check that out if you want some happy news this week um, in other slightly less happy news, but kind of happy for startups. Um, yeah, Minister Gigaba delivered his finance budget speech yesterday in Parliament. He said a lot of bad things uh, <laughs> for people with no money, and he said a lot of good things for startups. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take us through that? Um, I think it depends on how you look at it, because um, it's not the first time he's mentioned this uh, fund. So he mm. basically mentioned, uh, mentioned that there's going to be a $2.1 billion fund Oops. Dollar? Billion dollar. <laughs> billion rand fund. There we go. Oh, oh, oh my word. Sorry. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Okay, my bad. I'm going to start again. So, uh, Finance Minister Malusi Gigawa mentioned this. Um, the government was working on developing a 2.1 billion rand fund for startups. Mm. And um, it's actually quite interesting because from what he mentioned, this is going to be an, initi an initiative driven by the Department of Small Business and the Department of Science and Technology. Now, the problem with that is, um, like I mentioned earlier, it's not the first time he's mentioned this fund. And um, I think earlier this year, VentureBurn um, did a story where we're trying to um, figure out what exactly is going on with the fund. So we tried to contact the, all the departments involved. So that's the Treasury, the Department of Small Business, and the Department of Science and Tech. And they were not really forthcoming with information Why around it. Why would they keep it quiet? Um, I don't know. So you keep on getting bounced around or no one responds to you. But um, I figured, because now it's the, actually the first time we actually have an actual figure as to how much is being allocated to this fund. Because beforehand it was just, I think in last year's medium um, team uh, budget policy statement, he just mentioned the existence of the fund, but not really how much. But now we're stuck with questions on how the fund is going to be you know allocated mm. or who's going to be dispensing it and who's going to receive it most of all and um yeah but um i think we have to commend um the government for actually looking to support startups so that's a uh, positive so i don't know if this is coming from um our new president or it's an initiative <laughs> from zuma but i think uh yeah it's oh, quite interesting he was Ramaphosa just became president. No, but uh, he has been involved with the uh, CEO initiative oh, like okay. from back. So we don't know. Okay. Um, but um, I think it's very, it probably sets a lot of tongues waking in the startup world. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like got their eyes peeled out looking to see what's going to come up of this. But yeah, fingers yeah, crossed. Definitely. And I mean, they've just raised VAT as well. Oh, yeah. They've raised syntax by 4%. So. Oh. I mean, in essence, we're going to be paying like 25% for cigarettes and alcohol. My question is, how much is a pint going to cost now? <laughs> Quite a bit, but I mean, I imagine I imagine some of that's going into startups as well. So yeah, so that. you guys in startup world, please uh, make a count. Please. Yeah, start hiring people because we have to pay for food now. <laughs> you know, some of us are going to start drinking this. Um, but yeah, I think in the long term, it should be good for South Africa. Yeah, and this also plugs into... Uh, President Trump opposes, um, you know, uh, he's sown a debate, sown a debate, mm. he's sown a delivery when he mentioned the uh, fourth industrial revolution and how we have to 
you know, plug money into development of science and technology in South Africa. Mm -hmm. I imagine that also plays a role in this. Yeah, um, but actually, um, so I was in Rwanda last week and I was seeing how the government there is doing when it comes to supporting startups. And mm. it's actually quite interesting. I think South Africa, I mean, the government does support small business, but then if you go out and you look at what other countries are doing, it's yep. then that's when you, you know this really matters a lot because um, you'd imagine that South Africa having a big economy, then the government would really take you know a more bigger you know stance as yep. to supporting startups. And I was actually quite impressed by the fact that he did acknowledge in the speech that you know that startups and small businesses per se like do need that support. Yeah. So I think it's a step in the right direction. So see how it goes definitely i mean it's it's actually kind of refreshing to have a president who mentioned startups and technology mm -hmm. in a in a state yeah. of the nation address yeah. i mean usually it's just a guy who can't really read numbers off a page <laughs> um but yeah i mean we'll see if this fund actually comes about um and mm -hmm. venturebone will obviously be keeping its finger on the pulse in that regard um another development in tech which uh kind of straddles the sort of awkward divide between cars and smartphones, um, Land Rover today announced a new phone. Yes, that Land Rover, uh, the maker of off-road vehicles that are usually driven by you know, people who don't take their cars off-road. <laughs> Why? Well, it depends which one we're talking about. I mean, I've seen you know, the old school defenders, those go off-road. Oh yeah, no, no, no. You can definitely see a, like when a Land Rover is gonna go off-road, but yeah. you know. But why are they making phones? Good question. Um, it's actually sort of an interesting concept. Uh, this device is going to be like, they say it's inspired by one of their SUVs, the Discovery. Mm. Um, it's supposed to be this off-road phone, this rough mm. and tumble device. Um, it's waterproof, uh, it has Gorilla Glass 5, which is the highest scratch-rated glass you can uh -huh. get from the Corning stable. Um, it has a hell of a big battery, 4,000 milliamp hour. Um, but yeah, the specs are decent. Um, in theory, it makes sense. Does it have like better signal or? No, here's the thing. It's sort of like, like you know those tough books, those Panasonic tough mm. books that, so like the military take into the field and use on expeditions. This is kind of like the phone they envision that you'll take with on long four by four drives into the countryside, you know? Um, you can hike with it because it comes Oh, here's the unique starting point. It, it sounds heavy, though. <laughs> it it is probably quite heavy. <laughs> they didn't actually mention the weight. But yeah, because I mean, it's probably <laughs> super heavy. <laughs> yeah. You can make it heavier, too, because it comes with these things called hardware packs. Uh, it's basically like a cover that snaps on the back of the phone, and mm. it adds functionality to it. Um, so one is called the Adventure Pack. It has a 3,600 milliamp hour battery, so that means the total battery of the phone is 7,600 milliamp hours. And you can do maths. Which is bonkers. Yes, I can do maths, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> it also has a GPS, like a, a GPS antenna. Ah. Um, the phone does have GPS, but mm -hmm. this sort of boosts the GPS okay. signal. Oh, okay. um, and it comes with a, with a carabiner, so you can attach it to your bag. Of course it does. So, I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept for a device. It's just... And you know, it doesn't sound people? like a phone. How, how much yeah. would that set someone um, back? No, they did person. not mention the price. They did say that South Africans can pre-order it from April. Um, but had these going to MWC, Land Rover announced the device at MWC, so hopefully ah. we'll get some hands-on reports from the Hadders. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting sort of idea. I mean, we saw Pepsi launch a phone in 2015. Um, we've, we haven't really heard much about pe the Pepsi phone since. 
but it seems that more and more of these brands are actually launching physical devices. It's so is, is this niche like uh, It's very niche. It's so, so niche. I feel like something, someone like Samsung could easily just buy that design and sell it and it would do far better than in the hands of like Land Rover. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny you say that because Samsung does have an active version of their flagship phones, but they never seem to come to South Africa. Um. They're only ever, ever available in the US or the UK. So this does fill a niche, but it kind of fits with the Land Rover sort of yeah. ethos. And two questions for you, Andy. Um, one, you hike a lot. Yes. Would you buy this phone? If it's if affordable. But I don't think this thing's going to be affordable. But um, it's not just going to be for your average hiker, though, because mm. your average hiker will have a normal phone in their everyday life. It'll be, have to, like, it'll be someone who's living in the, in bush, the bush, like <laughs> whose day-to-day job is in the bush. Yeah, someone yeah. like Bear Girls could take this phone <laughs> and I know, bananas. I know someone who's doing development work in Zambia, mm-hmm. and I'm sure would love a phone like this. Uh, oh, yeah. But like, it's going to have to be very specific like that, Yeah. where you're out in like villages or whatever mm. for a long period of time. Yeah. And um, second question, um, I believe Ferrari has a phone as well, mobile phone. Really? I think so. And I think um, Porsche partnered up with BlackBerry back in the day, uh, yes. Porsche by design. Is this like a trend, common trend we're seeing in the mobile world, like where car manufacturers are teaming up with? <laughs> I love that I, I Google Ferrari phone mm-hmm. and the first thing that comes up is uh, <laughs> Shashi's number for the waterfront branch. Like, no Google, that's not what I asked. And he's trying to buy a Ferrari <laughs> right now on this podcast. The, por- the Porsche design thing is yeah. actually interesting because Porsche design is sort of like a subsidiary of Porsche. They just sort uh, of do physical design for different companies. Okay. Um, oh, so it's more like a design bureau. Yeah, it's more like a design yeah. um, company. It's not really part of the car brand. Oh, okay. um, they're both owned by the, the overall car brand company. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Huawei was the latest brand to partner with Porsche Design. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But that phone costs, I think we spoke about it in a few podcasts ago, that phone costs like 25K. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, these things are hella niche, but I can see people, you know, buying them in specific use cases, like you said, for checks yeah, through Zambia. I just Zambia. don't know how many people. Yeah. Because uh, like people who do that kind of work don't tend to be the richest either. Mm. So. Definitely. So, um, yeah, look out for this phone. Um, if you happen to see it in the wild, <laughs> uh, please let us know because we would love to you know, know from you if you bought it, if you've seen a friend who bought it, or if you see some random in the road, you just ask him like, why on earth did he find it? <laughs> um, yeah, so look forward to more smartphone news coming this week and next week. Uh, Hadley is in MWC and I will also be covering phone news from my comfy chair in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, yeah, and that's it for the normal broadcasting. Yay! Uh, normal broadcasting? Oh goodness, I sound like the SABC. <laughs> normal programming. Sure. Um, now we're getting to the fun part of the podcast. What are we up to with our lives in terms of media consumption and, you know, other consumption? I don't know, food. Start with you, Julie. Start with me. Um, I just watched Game Night, which is a comedy with Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman, and it was lovely. The trailer is laugh out loud funny, so if you're like unsure to see it, just go watch it. Um, and the film does have a few more moments that I found myself laughing at, but I feel like the best moments were in the trailer. Um, also, I feel like we should talk about Black Panther as well mm. in this podcast because it just did exceptionally well at the South African box office. It had the um, largest ever Saturday performance of all time in South Africa, which is crazy. 
It's also Marvel's biggest film here as well, and it's just doing really well. It's obviously at the top of the charts right now. And South Africans have really responded well to it, which I think is really exciting because it's obviously a film with um, some form of South African representation and a celebration of that representation. And South Africans were excited to see it. And I think that's super exciting. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of the biggest movies in Europe as well. Yeah, um, it's, it's doing well everywhere, like everywhere. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's like new. So it's got yeah. a lot of, it's, it's a superhero film, which people love already, but it's bringing something new to the table. And just like a celebration of different African cultures isn't something that you see in like yeah, in, from Hollywood yeah. every day. And it's beautiful. And it's, yeah, definitely if you're considering, if you're like unsure whether to, or not to go see it, go see it. It's just a visual spectacle. It's like, it's incredible. Yeah, so. sure. And Feb is kind of turning into the, you know, the f superhero month in many ways. Yeah. Uh, last year we had Deadpool. I mean, granted, not the sort of uh, superheroes and commentary. Fifty Shades. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's actually, um, I think in the US it's the biggest ever February opening as well. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's been breaking some records, definitely. I What I'm kind of most interested to see is how Infinity War does compared to Black Panther, because Infinity War is the, the whole Avengers like wrap up. And I'm interested, well, it's not really gonna be a fair comparison because a lot of the people excited about Black Panther will go see Infinity War because Black anyway, Panther yeah. will be in it. Mm -hmm. So it's it'll be like people following through from there. But to see if the same kind of excitement comes, I don't think it will. Mm. Uh, but it is the finale as well. So I think the, they'll probably come close in box office numbers, which will be very interesting as a solo film versus the Avengers film. Cool. Yeah. Daniel, what are you up to? Um, I've been fervently trying to finish Grand Theft Auto V, but it's, uh, I don't know, I keep on... <laughs> also, it was Daniel's birthday this week. Oh, yeah. Happy That's birthday. Daniel. Thank you, guys. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I keep on... I get into the game and then get stuck on a mission and end up getting uh you know amazed by the kind of detail in the game right um but yeah i think i'll finish that this weekend and i've been listening to this dude so one of our workmates actually gave me this he suggested that i listen to this guy so he's a poet by the name of carl hancock rux i think and yeah he's got some quite interesting music so it's it's not really hip-hop but it's like poetry backed uh by folk uh what's it pop sounding um backtracks and stuff cool. it's actually quite interesting he's actually very i think isn't isn't that just rap no it's not rap that's the thing he's it's uh like spoken poetry i'm not quite sure of the actual yeah. term but it, it the background they use jazz they use sort of hip-hop like beats that's uh, really interesting yep. it's actually quite cool where like where, where does the where does spoken poetry become rap like at what um i think when you start using yo this is not my field hey <laughs> we should be asking him he knows more about languages it's, yeah. i think it's when you drop it like it's hot <laughs> you know but i don't know um it's a very like a fine, fine line, line. <laughs> there's a very fine line but with him like if you listen to his music you can actually tell like this is not hip-hop okay. like it's more poetry than anything else okay. but it's it is a bit more graphic and in cool. a good way but um yeah it's mm. quite interesting cool um, with regards to your GTA 5 uh, situation, I'm kind of in a similar one with Fallout, mm -hmm. uh, Fallout 4, because I keep taking a break from the game and restarting the same mission, but I keep dying midway through. Um, and I've done it about three times now, and uh, the first time I did it, I forgot to save for about five hours, so I lost about five I hours. Much that is the worst. <laughs> I had fun. a similar thing when I was just last week, so I somehow disconnected my console from 
the thing. And oh. then when I reconnected it, I didn't uh, correct the dates. And then uh, lo and behold, I had to start the whole game from fresh. And then I realized, oh no, <laughs> I have to correct the dates. But um, I yeah. can relate because in grade four, when I made a great harm for my Sims, it, I forgot to save it and the oh. computer crashed. That is tragic. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just trying to relate to you guys. <laughs> is it working? No, that is very relatable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, what am I up to with my life? I am currently reviewing a phone called the Infinix Zero Five. Yes, it is actually called the Zero Five, as in the word zero and the number five. I have so futuristic. Why I are have people no idea. who are they employing to name? Honestly, phones? I'd buy a phone with that name even before. Infinix I'd say also. Zero five. Mm. What what do you use? Infinix Zero Five. Interesting. No, it's just I, special. I feel like who are they employing? <laughs> I feel like the engineers are naming these things, and it's not like they should be getting marketers to name these things. Yeah, but I Infinix. think Infinix. In, do you want to be infinite or do you want to be nothing? Because like Nix sounds like nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Infinix. Which one? Choose one. The zero five. They did say. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the best name Don't. of the phone they have. Uh, they have another device called Hot S3. Oh, oh my gosh. I think it's better to be honest. Oh my gosh. But yeah, oh, I mean, please, hire me. <laughs> you can just get any two nouns and they'll sound better. Guys, but don't you think it's like a very hard task of be naming a phone? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's difficult. But mm. you know what? Like, iPhone just goes iPhone number. Mm. Why not? Nokia. Samsung S3. Nokia. I mean, Nokia 2. <laughs> Nokia 2. Three. Zero 05. Even Apple's like the Apple iPhone with a small i and a capital P and then the number. <laughs> and then sometimes an S, sometimes an X, sometimes a 10. Sometimes a C when you're cheap. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on paper, you know, name aside, uh, on paper, it's a decent phone. Um, I've been fooling around with the camera as well. The camera's pretty damn good. And the impressive thing about this phone is that it has pretty much flagship specs on paper. But it costs about 3,200 Jan if you import it. Um, it's not actually available in South Africa. But you can get it through uh, places like Gearbest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a decent device. And we'll have a full review. How much? Uh, about 3,200 Jan. Uh, okay. um, and we'll have a full-length review coming shortly. Um, yeah, yeah, other than that, I'm living a very boring life right now. Mm. Um, but someone who isn't is Julia, because this is, this is Julia's final podcast. It's right? my final mm. podcast. We have come to that time. Everyone's breathing a sigh goodbye. of relief. Like, oh my goodness, this mm. woman's voice is gone. <laughs> but yeah, this is your last podcast. It is. Feel free to shower me in compliments. Yeah, and that's it for the podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, oh, that's it's sad. Been a, it's been a no, great time working with you. Oh. Um, I know. Here. I know our readers loved reading your stuff. And you won't be leaving us completely. I'll be contributing. But my voice will not be featuring. Yeah, my beautiful soothing voice that puts (laughs) my fiancé to sleep. (laughs) And that is a shame. But um, we wish you all the best, obviously, in your future endeavors. And guys, as like a parting gift to Julia, Mm -hmm. and, you know, also because we want you to listen to our podcast, Mm -hmm. um, go catch her, her latest mini-meme episode. Um, she chats to South African YouTubers and They're they cool. share their secrets on how to be, you know, YouTube's top dog mm-hmm. on the network. Yeah. It's a great podcast. Have money. Step number one. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah, on that sad note, that bittersweet note, um, thank you guys for listening once again. Yay. Um, we dig doing this. I hope you dig listening to us. Yeah. Um, and please follow us on all the socials. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, 
That's Benjamin Gearburn and Meanburn on Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And our Instagram is at Burn Media. I'm going to plug my Twitter. It's Breaky Please. Yeah, definitely. Let's plug our Twitter as well. <laughs> uh, my Twitter is Andy Walker SA. Mine is at Daniel underscore Impala. Cool. Yeah. There's Impala not like the animal with an eye. Exactly. Take the eye out. Thank you. <laughs> well, I see it every day. <laughs> anyway, okay. Thank you. Cheers, thank bro. you, guys. Bye. Bye.